presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It is John with the Oil Country Podcast here. Um, we are joined by Andy from... Sorry, man. I'm completely blanking. I know it's it's Broadway Boys, right? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. The Broadway Thank Boys. Thank you. I had it written down too, and then missed my note. But Andy from Broadway <laughs> Boys, who is coming right from Brooklyn, so we're we're hoping you're safe, man. But thank you very much for uh, joining us as well. Yeah, thank you for having me, and uh, thank you for the well wishes. Doing doing the best I can right here in the uh, the the heart, <laughs> the epicenter of uh, the uh, pandemic. But yeah, just uh, trying to stay safe and. Uh, when I can distract myself by, uh, yeah, just wrap, it, literally wrapping myself in the hockey podcast network. So, uh, I could think of, uh, worse ways to be spending my time. That is the one nice thing about all the free time we have. And obviously, you know, jumping into this, a little bit of a distraction, which hopefully we're providing with our listeners as well. So it is nice kind of a, a secondary thing to focus on, to get away from it all. But obviously we are joined by Kyle from Montreal Quebec back as well Kyle what's going on over there man I'm uh I'm just kind of flabbergasted at that opening I mean I've been loving Tiger <laughs> King as well but uh that almost made me puke in my mouth but uh <laughs> I'm doing okay surviving the self-isolation um I don't know I'm feeling kind of anxious I guess uh, just because not doing anything right but trying to go for a walk here and there but uh but yeah I don't know surviving by just consuming a bunch of media like everybody else I guess right so it's one of those things I think where everybody's probably getting a little stir crazy right now. And, and like, how, how long have both of you guys been self-isolated or at least like very much limiting how much you're going outside? Two weeks for me. Yeah, probably about the same. My last day at work was, uh, it was literally my last day at work was the day that uh, Andrew Cuomo ordered all non-essential employees to return to their homes immediately. So that was, yeah, that was like uh, two weeks ago. So yeah. Well, it's like next level where you are too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I mean, to imagine. us, it's just, it's just eerie, right? There's nothing going on, but I know at least the footage I've seen from New York, like they're, they're running out of space in morgues and putting bodies like in semi trucks and stuff. Like it's, it's insane to hear about what's going on down there right now. No. Yeah. It's, it's definitely very surreal. And I mean, for me, uh, my wife and I were pretty, we took this uh, thing pretty serious early on and, just to see people in our neighborhood still like going out, it, like it basically took them closing all bars and restaurants for people to like stop going out, even though it was still happening. It was actively happening. People were actively getting sick and just, you know, it's just, and is it's, that it's the wild thing too, yeah. where like, it's just nuts. You, you would think with everything going on in media, and I know some people are kind of tentative to trust the media, but just with how all this picked up, even now it seems like there's still a lot of people that maybe aren't full on the, like, this is a hoax, but aren't really buying into like even the social distancing. I know I went like when I got, I got off work on Tuesday cause I'm still working in essential services. And so I got back into Edmonton and my first stop was the grocery store, liquor store, and then home. And I was, you know, obviously making, being very conscious of the social distancing and it was nuts. Like the, the grocery store seemed fine, but the liquor store just being in a smaller confine, I guess there was like people kind of invading your personal space a little bit. And it's baffling that, People aren't being more conscious of that, I guess. I'm sure it's, I'd hope that it's different, obviously, where you are, Andy, just uh, being like way more of a storm over there. Well, but. now it is, I do. Cause I, you know, now a lot of the stores that are open, like you said, liquor stores, uh, you know, there's, I live living in Brooklyn, there's a lot of like, 
bodegas and delis, I guess you call mm-hmm. them, or, you know, so delicatessens or whatever. But, uh, you know, they a lot of them have rules where it's like only two, three people in the store at the time. You have to wait outside. But, you know, like you said, there's a lot of liquor stores that don't. That's just you walk in. Although, you know, and granted, they, they're the type where because it's Brooklyn, there's a plexiglass panel. So it's like you have to go up to a little window. But, you know, it's a tight little box. So there are definitely places that aren't being as safe. Even, you know, a lot of our grocery stores, they're not the size of like your suburban grocery store, which is huge. Right. They're very cramped and, you know, people trying to, yeah, it's just, there's some people that are on the page, same page and some people who are still seemingly uh, in denial because I guess they figure like, oh, I'm either young or in good health or whatever. When you just, you literally don't know which, so why? And it's, again, it's also not about you. It's about someone else. You could potentially get sick because what you might have, most people who have, uh, who are positive right now have no idea and they could just easily pass it on because they're asymptomatic. So yeah. You just gotta- and that's why it's so important with that social distancing. Cause you don't know if some, you know, old lady is going to touch the same doorknob that you just touched yeah, exactly. or, or anything, how this, how this transmits. Right. So yeah, exactly. That, that's the thing why it's so important. But so, I mean, we hope everybody listening is obviously being, being smart and doing their part there, but you know, one of the, the areas I did want to get into with you guys. So what have you guys been doing? So you've been, both self-isolating for about two weeks and with, with your significant others. But what have you guys been doing to kind of keep your, keep your brain going and entertained <laughs> and, and whatever else? Uh, I, I read the Harry Potter series. Well, I've been started reading the Harry Potter series all over again. I'm on like the third book right now. Uh, and just Netflix, man, watching Tiger King like you opened with. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, not a lot. Pretty, pretty I never boring, did watch so, the Harry yeah. Potter ones, or sorry, not I watched the Harry Potter movies. I never read the Harry Potter books, but that's a that'd be a good series, like that one and like Lord of the Rings. That those are long series. We we actually watched Lord of the Rings. That was like one of the first things we did. I never I never fully watched through the series, so um, to sit down. Oh really? Like, yeah, yeah. Dude, now that you have the time, you've got to do like the now. extended cuts too. <laughs> yeah. Watch yeah, those like, it's, three it's, and a half hour movies. <laughs> when I watched it when I was younger, I honestly thought I was think i was scared of it not thought sorry i uh, think i was scared of it like all the orc scenes it came out when i was like seven ish eight or something like oh that. boy so i just didn't uh didn't really give it a chance ever and then now to have the time i just sat through it and committed to it and uh and yeah i, I loved it actually they're super good movies good like great time killers too i don't yeah. i never really thought of that with like the scary being scary but i'm the same age as you and I'm, i definitely didn't see them in theaters but i must have been like a like early on in the teenage years before I watched them. And maybe that's why I was a little more comfortable. Cause I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit of a bitch as a kid when it came to scary movies. <laughs> oh, hundred <So. laughs> percent. Like watching through my fingers, just like the sixth sense when, you know, looking back now, it's not even a scary movie really. It's just like one pop-up scene. What about you, Andy? What have you been uh, doing <laughs> to keep yourself occupied? I mean, any, you know, trying to do everything and anything that's not tethered to the floor. Um, you know, the funny thing is like I had mentioned up top, uh, I have been trying to throw myself into like all those things I plan to do for the hockey podcast network, but just life was getting in the way. Mm-hmm. So it's like Shane and I, who hosts, uh, um, he hosts the, uh, the senators podcast, the frozen biscuits podcast. We have been kicking around the idea of doing a, uh, a 31 prospects ranking that was going to lead up to the draft when it was originally scheduled. And so we just completed that. It's on Patreon. If you want to, it's only a dollar. I know it's tough times for a lot of people, but I'm sure you can all afford that. So that's fun. Um, yeah, and there's honestly, in terms of non, like you guys said, just we watched all of Tiger King, watching Netflix, uh, trying to hang out. My wife and I have every weekend we try to set something to look forward to. 
just to change it up. So last weekend we did like a little spa day. We got in our robes and she, she's got all the, the facial masks and, you know, all the, the different creams and whatever. And so we did that. So it was relaxing. And this, uh, actually this coming Saturday, we are having a gaming tournament called the, uh, the champion of champions tournament, where we are going to play a series of board games, which may include drinking. And then by the end, the, <laughs> the champion of champions will be crowned and whoever wins that gets to pick where we are going to get our next uh, delivered meal from, because we've been trying to like frugal and cook all our meals and be safe, obviously. <laughs> but if you're going to go out, the only only person who gets to decide what type of takeout we're ordering uh that person must be the champion of champions so that's what we're doing this weekend so basically to a long-winded way of answering your question we're just whatever i can do to spice up the most monotonous situation is what i'm trying to do yeah just put a, any type of spin on it but that is such a good idea because i think that's the biggest thing where when you look at going through like whether it be work or now that everybody's in self-isolation and you're kind of this is kind of a, a depressing or or anxious time it's so important to have something to look forward to. So I, I really like that outlook of setting something every weekend that you guys can look forward to, to kind of get you through the week a little bit smoother, as well as the champion of champions. That, that's a wicked yes. idea. Yeah, I, And a I, little bit of bragging rights going with that one, I'm assuming as well. Oh, oh big time. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, we, we also have something called mandatory movie night where one we take turns and one of us gets to pick the movie and the other one is for, forced to watch it, even if they hate it. Uh, and, you know, it's because like this, you know, it's obviously someone saying this movie's really important to me. It shaped my upbringing or whatever. And the other person's like, why do you like think this is funny or enjoyable? Like, I hate this, but it's fun because it kind of like it. And then usually by the end of it, uh, the other person will come around and be like, oh, I get it. Or they're just like, I hated that. But but yeah, it's just a nice way you to still push it through it. It's a good way yeah. to keep things light. That's funny. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I did one of the other things I was thinking on as far as like Netflix goes. Have either of you guys seen Annihilation? No, I no. wanted to though. It's it's a like it's weird. It's very yeah. weird. But and definitely an interesting take and completely unique from other movies I've seen. And I'm not going to spoil too much or like really anything at all, but all I'll say is like it it definitely is a movie that makes you think and has it's not horror, but definitely has like two or three scenes that are highly disturbing. Well, it's like but it's kind I of really like body it. horror in a, in a weird way, right? Pretty much. What is it? I never even. Heard yeah. Of so yeah. more, I'll I'll just lay the premise, and I'm not going <laughs> to provide any spoilers here. But more or less, a like kind of zone has appeared on Earth, and it's just kind of this what they call the shimmer, and they've sent like crews in, and it's slowly expanding, and all these crews are like military or scientists and all like heavily, heavily trained and none of them come back. So, and it's slowly more or less like consuming the earth where it's still at like a, what small stage in some swamps. And they only had to like remove a, a few residents, like swamp people more or less, I guess. Okay. But it's about this, the main character, um, her husband was a military personnel and she didn't know that he was going on this mission but anyway he's missing for like a year so she's just presumes that he's dead and then all of a sudden he comes back so it's all about like this zone and stuff but it's it's fucked up like there's some parts where it it messed me up and i'd I'd like to talk more about it but i I know a lot of people haven't seen it. you guys (laughs) yeah so i I don't want to spoil anything but if you're into kind of the psychological make you think type of movies that are a little bit little bit weird 
um you'll enjoy that one for sure i'll yeah. probably put that on later yeah. yeah if i mean just without it being a spoiler from the trailer you kind of see that in the zone it see it seems like the the flora and the fauna are almost uh merging together and becoming one so it's like yeah there's like deer with the you know uh, flower sprouting out but then there's also like there's a crocodile that has teeth like another animal or something so okay. yeah it was like yeah, a yeah. shark i think it was yeah, like rose some teeth. crazy yeah. he's just like uh yeah, it's but, like a similar, like, it's not like you go in and it's a complete different world, but almost like a, like an alternate earth, like in that you. zone. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, no, but really, really interesting. But I, I did want to talk about the Tiger King because it seems like <laughs> with this isolation and how much this just blew up, it's nuts how many people are just super invested in this. I know, Kyle, you said you haven't finished it. So, and maybe any listeners have any of this. So we're not going to do major, major spoilers here, but what a wild story like those those people are absolute maniacs man it's trailer park boys in america it's hilarious it's <laughs> but with tigers <laughs> yeah it's it's incredible like i had no idea that kind of life existed just having like 230 tigers just having this backyard zoo that isn't <laughs> shut down for some reason like it's insane man but uh yeah i don't know i'm enjoying it it's it definitely released at probably the best time ever uh, <laughs> everyone is watching right? yeah. yeah i think the crazy thing about it is that you you your brain keeps telling you like wow this is wild but like now i have a concept of like what the story is or the narrative is and then like w- within the last two minutes of the episode they reveal something else and you're like what like and it's like <laughs> oh by the way like you know oh i'm not gonna spoil it but like yeah it just keeps going in different directions and it keeps you uh yeah the pacing of the show is super so good much. like yeah. It, it keeps you wanting more definitely like cliff oh my god cliffhanger after cliffhanger yeah um i also not to move on past tiger king too fast but <laughs> i i was really happy that tom segura and burt kreischer both had their specials launched. i was gonna go there too <laughs> yeah i uh i love those guys and both of those specials are hilarious as well as their past ones but um really? yeah it's been just a netflix a, a time of enjoyment really like it's it's a good thing that we have the internet and not there for this time right so it's taking binging to a whole new level like you've seen netflix having to turn like shut the quality down a little bit on in i think it's most of the world now like they got rid of ultra hd and hd because their servers just like couldn't handle how many people were watching netflix at once yeah exactly but um yeah but it's also funny because it's like uh you have a lot of these streaming platforms. I saw today that I think HBO was going to offer HBO Go free. You know, a lot. So a lot of premium services. I think the I was talking to my buddy Tom about this uh, of the Blue Notes Pod, but like I think the WWE Network is free. So it's it's not. Some of them are doing right by the public, and they're like, hey, listen, this is usually like ten bucks a month, but you can for the next two months it'll be like free, or you can try it or whatever. It'll have a well, it's, it's smart too because you're going to get customers just from that. They'll get addicted to your product, yeah. right? Or they'll say that got really got me through. So it's like you'll yeah. have an emotional investment in in that product too. So, and and yeah, just good PR too, right? Like doing the right thing. And I mean, you, you've seen a lot of companies really do the right thing, and a lot of companies <laughs> do, the do the complete opposite, opposite yeah. of that. So, it, Look, it's, looking at you, Jeremy Jacobs. Yeah, <laughs> you know, fucking. And asshole. you said you you talked about. Um, Sorry, like Dolan obviously had it on your last yeah. podcast. Like he got, so it's like, so, even like owners from sports teams. I mean, that's been a, like a heavy topic of, yeah. of the last like two, three weeks since it shut down and, and how people are taking care of their employees. Yeah. And, you know, some of the things people are saying online that are, at, no matter who has it, whether it's any celebrity, just irreprehensible stuff like, you know, I, 
like uh, you know Dolan some people were like it's mostly disgruntled Knicks fans obviously were like right uh, well like you know this is karma and this and that which is you know absolutely a horrible thing to say it's one thing to hate how someone has managed your favorite sports franchise was another to wish you know physical harm upon them because you don't like it but i mean you know especially thought, as, a, as a rangers sorry, fan no just as a rangers fan it's like you know a dolan has he's been one of the owners who had you know has been taking care of msg employees to my to the best of my knowledge they're still being paid and that there's like relief funds in in place so that's good he seems to be the msg corporation seems to be doing the right thing and yeah and just you know, honestly, as a, as a, not that it, like I said, should have any bearing, but you know, he, with the, as far as the Rangers, he just kind of opens his pocketbook and just stays out of the way. So I can't, you know, I can't really complain about that, but yeah. It's right. As far as a Rangers fan. And I mean, even if he wasn't doing those like good things, it's like, you can criticize him for that, but it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother line to cross when people start either like praising or celebrating someone getting sick. Right. Like yeah. we're, we're not talking about the like Adolf Hitlers of the world or anything like yeah. that. Like this is, yeah, he's a billionaire, and I mean, you can agree or disagree with any of the things he's done in the past, but he's still a, a human being at the end of the day, right? It's the yeah. same thing with Tom Hanks, right? Like his yeah. Instagram page is just all people calling him a child rapist, right? Like over and over. That thing's so nuts, there. man! Like yeah. that, that, all that like conspiracy theory stuff. Like yeah. it's, it, it's why. And I mean, yeah, we talked about that on our last podcast <laughs> quite a bit, but it's like it, it's nuts. Yeah, at at this. Like just at this time, right? Like it's nice to, you see so many good things that are happening and even like society wise, right? I, when I go to the grocery store now, people are so much more one conscious of their space, but that's just more pandemic, pandemic specific, but even they seem much more caring, I guess people are more friendly. It, it almost reminds me of like, you know, when before our modern society, when you, you maybe you had a grandparent that would say, You'd, you'd go to a small town and just how personable everyone was, right? You'd walk down the street and everyone's, hey, Bill, how you doing? And stuff like that. It seems almost similar to that where you, like I've been to the grocery store and people are just outwardly friendly, right? Keeping their distance, but just saying hi instead of just the typical like hands down or eyes down or eyes in their phone or anything like that, right? Yeah. And, you know, who knows, maybe that's a result of those over, older generations, you know, remembering or being in proximity to uh, wars and other uh, conflicts, you know, both, you know, Very well, abroad yeah. and possibly closer to home. And yeah, I think they just remember there. Yeah, you you, you kind of learn to appreciate that what you have. So, yeah, I, I'm very interested. I'm very interested to see the amount of think pieces and art and all these other uh, things that come out from whenever we we finally do emerge from this, what the public the public consciousness is going to be trained on, and you know what our outlook is going to be, because I think we're going to, you know, for better or worse, we're definitely going to learn a lot more about ourselves as just a global society, because you mm -hmm. know this is something that affects everyone <laughs> in all corners of the globe, and you know, despite some efforts at distancing it, and you know, nomenclature, and you know, the the Chinese virus, and all this other horse crap like yeah this is a global problem so and we're all going through it together so it'll be very interesting to see if we're better or worse uh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bet any money on it because i you know, <laughs> I, i'd be i'm sure i'd i'd be very disappointed at, but you know at the same time it's just yeah it's it's kind of fascinating it'll I, probably I've been be about two weeks after we get out and everybody will forget about it uh yeah pretty much exactly how that's it my fear like I, I hope there's some silver linings that come out of this even like you look at how many people are being able to work from home right now that typically yeah. don't 
And yeah. I really hope that even if it could be 5% of office workers after this that weren't working from home before the pandemic can now continue working from home. You think of the different benefits as far as like traffic and maintenance on roads and like even public transportation, let alone just the time people have and, and the more free time they'll have actually being at home, easier childcare if you have kids, like the yeah. whole nine yards, it, it would be so much better if people could, if more people could work from home. So that, that's one thing I'm like, I'm, I'm with you, Kyle, where I'm, I'm worried. That I, I was just making two a weeks joke, after. But, but yeah, no, I but no, I, it's a fair, yeah. I think it's a fair like fear though. Like I'm worried everything will just return to normal like two weeks after. And as much as I want it to largely be normal, I, I also hope we learn some things and we can take, you know, some silver linings that actually improve our society and our culture worldwide. I mean, I, I always hope for that too. But, Sorry, ranty. <laughs> no, I w- just uh, it's it's really crazy to be living through like an actual moment of history again, right? Like I, calling back to nine eleven for that, right? Like where it really feels and you know that life is kind of changing as you're living through it, right? So yeah, it's it's crazy to think about what life will be like on the other side of this, and and hopefully there are good impacts from it. Hopefully we, you know. Like look at basic income for everybody, basic, universal basic income or, or back up our pandemic awareness teams, right? Or, or something to, to look out for these kind of things happening again in the future. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an insane situation, man. Absolutely insane. To be and living. even less pandemic specific, like look at like the telecommunications network. Like that's something that's kind of been exposed here where, places a lot of places are starting to have issues with that right so mm-hmm. hopefully that's something they can kind of it's a little bit of a test on it right where they can recognize that these are the areas we need to improve this network on i mean that's a very small detail on the whole scheme of things here but i'm completely with you as far as like the pandemic response and research i'm hoping that's something that's going to get you know that they're going to learn a lot of things from it i do we will let's uh, let's change gears here a little bit cuz we i mean we should probably talk a little bit of hockey as well so <laughs> One of the things you had mentioned kind of off the top or, or fairly close to anyways, Andy, that um, you guys were looking at the Patreon episodes, looking ahead towards the draft as well. So without like knowing the, you know, we don't know the timeline of how long this is going to last yeah. for, but let's just say that this goes past where the draft would have been. And, you know, as much as I don't want to say it, even looks at that they're going to cancel the rest of the NHL season. Do you think that it's feasible? Like, do you think the NHL will just have like an online draft where all the teams are different kind of calling in? Yeah. And, and not I mean, actually centrally I mean, located? Yeah. Like, because the draft used to be in, in like conference close to the public in like conference uh, halls in major, uh, you know, at like the Hyatt in, in Chicago or whatever. Right. Or, you know, whatever. Uh, so I, yeah, I absolutely think they could still make a production out of it. You know, they could get, um, you know, they could have, I assume they get Bill Daly and you know maybe one other person in a via they can hook this up via you know Skype or whatever and they can have I'm sure Daly would probably be the one like almost like the the draft uh uh lottery you know where a team will call in and you know the pick will be in and then he'll like announce who they've drafted and who knows maybe I'm I assume at least players projecting the top 10 might be you know I assume Alexis Lafreniere will be connected via from his bedroom his childhood bedroom via skype or whatever so yeah um so i yeah i could absolutely see that and i think that's probably honestly the most likely at this point 
there's definitely not going to be a any sort of uh yeah whatever it is it's going to be a teleconference but you know again it, you know i mean we, luckily the late age we live in you can do this and you can broadcast from your gm's office you can have a webcam or whatever so that's probably what's going to happen are we going to assume that he has habs sheets on underneath his blanket in his childhood <laughs> bedroom or maybe i mean was, i i don't know what what side of uh, the river is he from is he closer to ottawa or is he what is he from um near Ramuski or no is he i don't even know actually i honestly i honestly don't know either i just knew the name is obviously very french so i was yes. like i'm gonna assume habs but yeah that might have been ignorant of me i'm not who even no, sure who, who knows i mean it's been pointed out to me before that it is you know not the same i made that mistake once and i will not do it again <laughs> from, i wonder if that'll be a big like no he's he's western quebec apparently so he's close to uh, montreal so i assume uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna He's on the other side. I'm going to assume he he grew up a, a Habs fan, but we're going to go with it. People don't have to hold us accountable if that's <laughs> if that's not true. We're yeah, going to just yeah. run with that one. Exactly. Um, it's it's weird though too because, like, I shouldn't say weird. It's just going to be such a almost surreal situation, and and that's true with everything in life right now. But moving forward with the NHL specifically, like, there's so many different directions they can go in and what i mean by that is this is such a prime opportunity for them to experiment with ideas they've maybe had and and even the nhl had said it where like they're gonna they're gonna look at every option they possibly have whether that means trying to finish this season going into next year however this plays out but does anyone like have anything off the top of their head that they'd like to see changed about the nhl or they think this provides an opportunity whether that be like amount of games, structure of the playoffs, anything like that, even if it's just a one-off for the rest of the season to finish it? Any wild theories? Hmm. Sorry well, to throw you guys on the spot. No, well, you know, I, I mean, it seems like a lot of the talk has been if, you know, at this point, there's no, they're not, they're definitely not finishing the regular season. And obviously, most people suspect they're just not going to even finish this season. But if they yeah. somehow can get arena dates in, August, September, if they want to do that for some reason, which I don't know why they would. Yeah, it'd be interesting because obviously then the talk is, well, how do you make it fair? What Do you go by win percentage? Uh, should everyone be in and have a three-game play-in? But is that not, uh, does that not give enough deference to everything they did the, 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 you know, the previous uh, nine months? So, yeah, it's tough. But, I mean, if it, I would like to see, I think, uh, a cutoff for winning percentage and as opposed to the usual uh, three from you know each division, and then the two wild cards maybe open it up to an extra four teams around the league, and then have uh, and try like to one do game a, play-ins, yeah, kind of thing. yeah, a one game yeah. play-in seeding type thing because it's it's tough because obviously you want to you know Detroit Detroit the Detroit players do not want to come back they yeah. they they want to <laughs> they want to yeah they want they 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 were they couldn't they. Not that they it had to happen like this, but I'm sure they couldn't wait to you know finally make it to the summer and just put hat on this and hopefully they have uh, help coming in next season. But you'd have to imagine. I mean, I think that's why everybody, specifically Oilers, felt so bad for Sam Gagne at the trade deadline, and then obviously this happens and he gets to come back to Edmonton just for the the time being. But could you imagine if they had done just or they decided to do like a 31 team team play in and like Ottawa or Detroit? actually made like a middle Upsets. pack run like yeah, yeah. 
there, they upset I, the like little lightning or the I mean I feel like I've not not to be more but I but I feel like Steve Eiserman would like tr- be in like the owner's box with like a little reflective piece of like a mirror trying to blind like Dylan Larkin as he goes up the ice because he's like <laughs> he's worked so hard to to make sure Tank. his team tanks exactly <laughs> only to have them finally decide like no you don't know we like we change <laughs> starting now and like he's like you know he's gonna go yeah he's gonna he's gonna put icy hot in all their their jobs he's like no, no. <laughs> it's like oh i'd be fear and you know especially the the poor clink brothers are are uh red wings covering uh yeah brothers here on the hockey podcast network would be apoplectic from what they've been through this year i think they're slowly going insane so uh <laughs> I- yeah, that's we know things. what they're going through. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Kyle and I had mentioned that or talked about that too because we're this is our first year of podcasting. We started in about June of 2019. Yeah, and all the like the decade of darkness of the Oilers. I can't imagine what it would be like to put out two episodes a week when you know by like the middle of November your team's not going anywhere. Oh man, there's a lot you can talk about looking ahead to next year and building the roster but not like a lot when you're talking about it on air for an hour and a half a week. Oh, absolutely. And just being forced to kind of roll in it. Like that doesn't include us that, you know, and that's the thing. The NHL is, uh, but outside of the, honestly, the draft lottery and then the draft, which is kind of postponed those, those teams mm-hmm. that are the bottom, there's not much, which is funny. Cause I know why, you know, there's always been a lot of talk about, well, if they do this, maybe there's a play in for the teams that aren't going to be in the playoffs, but their games count towards something else. I don't, I don't know if it's like just money <laughs> to spread around between the, right. the team or, uh, or they play for the first overall pick. Yeah. Which would kind of be counter, I guess, counterintuitive. You know, <laughs> no, what, if you, what if it's losing those? So everyone's trying, they're like actively. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's almost like, yeah, it's like, just like, yeah, it looks like the all-star game. It's just bad uh-huh. shinny pick a pocky, but. But even then, like, goalies are trying to let it in. Like, I mean, you'd have to, like, try and give the first overall pick to the winner, but then that's, like, the 15th worst team in the league is getting. Yeah, and I mean, there's the players that I feel really bad for, you know, the aging, your Joe Thornton's, although it looks like they weren't in, but just the aging players who shot years at Acharas who don't know how many more kicks at this can they're going to get, who look like they're going to do it. Or even, you know, honestly, even young guys, maybe not. You know, Eichel, unfortunately, his season seemed to fall apart in front of his eyes. But like, you know, I know Connor making the playoffs is obviously uh, extremely important to him. And yeah, I mean, and things were going well. There's a lot of teams that were looking to get over, you know, finally get to that step who hadn't made it, who were close. You know, maybe the Coyotes to a lesser extent. Uh, Even Florida, who when they're not just shooting themselves in the foot, like, yeah, it's just, it's tough. It's it's a lot of work. And it seems that players are straight. No, go ahead. Even the, uh, sorry, that was my bad, but even the uh, like personal accolades as well. Like I, I know like you brought up Connor and I, I've the last three weeks, I feel so bad for dry Like he was going to be yeah. most likely the, his first heart trophy, most likely as well as be the first player to do back-to-back 50 goal seasons and back-to-back hundred point seasons is since Mario did it. So it's like, that was, you know, how many chances does a guy get? get to put up that type of production like i, I think he's definitely capable of doing it again but yeah but that's a tough one for sure but i i think it's obviously winning the cup i feel more for the guys you brought up with chara thornton not that i think you know i am with you i don't think thornton had much of a shot especially after not being traded but still like you know maybe those guys are thinking about coming back another season but 
now with it all, you know, completely up in the air, maybe that changes that, but maybe it goes, you know, trying to be the optimist. Maybe it does give them more time off and actually, you know, allows them to not, not get in shape, but recover a little bit and actually have one more legitimate push next year. But it's really tough to say. If it does come back with reasonable time, I'd like to see like a three game regular season kind of finish off as a way to get your feet under you and for all the border teams to battle it out so that they don't feel left out if it just goes by win percentage or points or however it is right now. Yeah, they also... And, I, and I, first round be like, sorry, but No, no, sorry, not to jump on you, but uh, I just, so to jump off your point, it's they seem to, I did see something floating around where it was like a, a three round like almost like the bottom feeders play the first round, uh, then like the middling teams play in the second round, but it's like almost a, a step progression progress. So it, it, it's kind of reminiscent of that, where it's almost like you would be rewarded for being better in the regular season. Although some, I guess some GMs would argue that coming in cold against a team that's played maybe two rounds is not the best thing in the world. And I think you'd need at least a training camp of like 10 days, like minimum for these guys to at least knock a bit of rust off in practice form. So. And I think that's the toughest thing is like, once you start talking about all this, like how you play and you see how much time this is going to take. And that's why I think a lot of people are kind of getting that realization that, yeah, it's probably not going to happen unless this, you know, COVID outbreak gets contained in the, in the, you know, near future. Which it probably isn't. I mean, look right. at America right now. It's insane how it's blowing up. So and and me and maybe it peaks and you know like with the curve, maybe they're they're reaching that that peak and and gonna come crashing down. I mean, sorry, not crashing down, but as far as the case totals yeah. that came out wrong. <laughs> um, but it, it's that's the thing that makes this so complicated. And then you think of as well as having to book arenas where obviously they're not having concerts and stuff, but that's still a lot to coordinate. There's the logistics of this. But I had. Me and Brad were kind of, uh, Brad brewed from uh, Flames Unfiltered. We were bullshitting before we recorded last week. And we were kind of just throwing around the idea. And it would be very difficult. But imagine if you could find the right location where it was safe. And you could build like, I'm picturing like four huge domes that are inflated and air conditioned. (laughs) With just enough room for benches and media. And you build some type of, you know, almost like industrial camp for all the teams to stay in. And it's completely locked off to public. Yeah, exactly. Like an Olympic village, but completely closed off. And every single NHL player until they get eliminated is pretty much locked in there. Like right until the Stanley Cup final. And it's weird. That sounds like Batman's dream. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. When, uh, yeah. I wasn't going concentration camp there. Yeah. But it sounds you win, like you win, you win or you die kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> you have to die. You're just yeah. locking them all in a camp and, and force them to play hockey. Yeah. Play you're not bad. I mean, they're getting paid millions still. Oh my God. And and get, just Gary being like, I know you miss your wife, but she's she's <laughs> look, you can see them through the bubble. Wave. <laughs> like Joe Pavelski's kid <laughs> kids are like just like banging on the side of this inflatable bubble trying to get it. Yeah. Oh my, oh my it, God. it pops in the middle of a game and everyone starts freaking out, gets yeah. like trapped in there. Yeah. Oh man. But I mean, it, it's, I don't think that it would be feasible. Like it would be a logistic nightmare to try and build that. And obviously with everything, like the focus here is public safety. So even just getting the approval of getting everyone to travel 
able to whatever location that is. Like that would yeah. be, that would take the a lot NA, of strings. The, the NHLPA would shoot that down so fast. It's yeah. not even an idea, dude. They're not going to be away from their families like that. Yeah, but I think they need to think it's about It's a hilarious reality, me. though. And but. my interests first, you know? Like, <laughs> I, I really think that that's the thing the NHL hasn't been doing is they need to think about what I want more so than keeping their players safe. Well, just in terms Fair of enough. being more uh, palatable to the public's uh, want for more content, you know, it's it's funny because it's like you you look what other leagues have been doing where it's like NBA players are like forming up squads on NBA 2K or whatever, and they're all playing, but... I think just like I don't know what it is with NHLers. It's just because they're so they seem so like home. Bot. They're like they're all kind of recluse anyway. They just want to be like, all right, we're with our families and it's a tough time, and we'll send out like a twenty minute little snippet. But yeah, it's just you'd hope the the league would do a better do better making them available for others. I, th- I did see PK Subban was on first take today, which was uh, I guess a big step. But yeah, I'd like to see them. Just if we can't have hockey, I'd like to see more them do more right now. I understand it's a, a difficult time, but you know I'm sure they could at least find some of their stars. And not and that doesn't mean just like having canned uh, canned questions as four of them video chat each other because I watched a few of those and they were they were absolutely brutal. Well, yeah, you're, think- you're right. It's an opportunity for the NHL to grow personalities for their players, which is what we've been asking for for years as fans, right? Yeah. So they're uh, like. Let's take uh, Andre Kopitar and John Tavares, and they basically pick like the cap, the the boring, <laughs> the captains. Sto- stoic yeah. captains of each team, you know. And they'll just to like why like put this is the time to push your Keith Yandels and your Kevin Hayes and well, your yeah. Darnell Nurses and just all these guys that have colorful personalities, like. You know, exactly. I, I know. I know you want the superstars, but usually, unfortunately, superstar is because they've trained their whole lives and have not developed. Uh, personalities enough to be, you know, interesting outside yeah. of that. So they're like, like white. They're so white bread, man. It's, yeah. it's just nothing going on. <laughs> and I like, I love McDavid, but you just hit it right on the head. Like, you even just look at Oilers specific, or and and let's look at Rangers as well. Like, you've got Cassian is such a character. You've got Darnell Nurse is a character. Who's sorry, off the top of my head, who else is really goofy, Cal? Completely blank. And Mike Smith is a fiery guy. Oh, like, yeah. There's so many better decisions. And I, I get McDavid's the face of the team. But like you said, like the superstars just aren't there. And it, it's not even that there's the lack of hockey. Like I wish the league just did this, even if there was no pandemic. Like they are so bad at, you know, like not ex- what exposing isn't the right word, putting their personalities on a stage and, and letting these players' personalities grow the game for them like even look at pk look at how much criticism he got early on in his career for being a personality he was a great person he never did anything bad as off the top of my head but it was it was like oh you got called a clown for doing a shuffle before a game like yeah it's like how are you not jumping on on this opportunity to promote the like uniqueness of hockey yeah, and, and there just also seems to be this problem that like, especially this year, he had a he had a rough year by his own standards. You know, he's For getting sure. old. He's getting older, and you know, you, you he actually looks like he put on some size, which seems counterintuitive to his game because he seems to have lost a step with his foot speed. But everyone's like, oh well, maybe if he was more interested in in training, and but you see, he's actually he was absolutely yoked coming into the season. It's just I think he just you know, unfortunately for him, he's probably always been like a powerlifting type guy, and like now he's getting older, so he's gonna have to learn that. Oh, I'm gonna have to lean up and try to keep, retain my quickness. Right. So, but at the same time, he's like, oh, he's more interested in growing his brand than being like 
which is, you know, absolute A, horse, horse crap, and B, even if it was true, like, good. Like, they, the, the NHL absolutely needs more open personalities who are doing stuff for themselves, you know, and I, I think some of the great content we've seen come out of this hasn't been branded by, it hasn't been under the NHL's shield, if, if you will, I guess. It's right. Like, you know, it's like, you know, uh, guys who, like, I think JT Brown's like a big gamer, so he, like, does Twitch stuff and whatever, the guys on Chicklets and Yandel and Hayes and all this stuff, yeah. or I know Tony D'Angelo and, and uh, uh, Ryan Strom and Brendan Lemieux have all been doing a lot more fan inter- interaction stuff in the downtime, and they're all hilarious. So it's like, yeah, but none of that is under the NHL's umbrella. They just don't seem to know. they or Yeah, they, don't, they have no concept of how they're supposed to do that. They're like, we'll get, we'll ha- yeah, tweet us your questions, and then we'll ask, you know, boring questions to a guy at home sitting on in his office computer, which is like, they got to yeah. do better. I don't know what it is. And, but and ask, better. like, instead of actually trying to just get, like, free flow discussion like and you you bring up chicklets is so big to me there because i think that's one brand again not under the nhl shield but has done such a good job of showing the personality of players where then you look at like the conference calls that you're talking about and it's like hey connor mcdavid what message do you have for your fans and it's like really man you can't just like it's so forced instead of just letting them have an actual discussion and a round table and whatever else like they really for those things they should have even if it wasn't a chicklets thing specifically they should have just got like ra or whitney or bizanet to host, host one of those yeah. and just oh, steer the conversation and yeah. it would have been so much better and yeah. and, and really helped promote their game because i mean th- this is you know as much as they're going to lose a ton of money in every sport is right now and every company is it's also an opportunity where you, you know, we were talking about the streaming services and everyone is so desperate for sporting sports content and like anything associated with that entertainment in general, where if you can knock that out of the park, this might just be a slight blip for the NHL and they might actually be better off afterwards, right? They might, they might gain more fans based off all these people sitting at home and being like, oh, these NHL guys, like that was a really funny video or yeah. really interesting interview they put out instead of all this canned stuff. Yeah, or Which what I, if, I think is where my frustration comes from. Yeah, even off the top of my head, like what if you, for each player, you just found a clip of their most embarrassing moment on the ice, whatever it is, and just showed it to them and said, walk us through this. What's happening here? And mm-hmm. they, they, maybe they're kind of embarrassed or shy or whatever, but then they're like, oh man, like I, whatever. They tell a funny little anecdote, like whatever, my skate was not tied all the way or I lost my blade. Now I can't get to the bench and I'm calling for my D partner to like push me to the bench, but I can't mm-hmm. or whatever. Just like little, like you said, just little things that like forces them to to open up a bit because they're you know they all seem very guarded by nature and you know and, right. and the league hasn't done much to help ease that because you see players get fined for saying things you know whatever Tortorella says like well makes like I thought that was a horrible call or whatever or I mean maybe he's a little oh, bit more fiery so but like, yeah but yeah. yeah but it just yeah they don't they don't it's like they haven't given them a reason to want to be that way so but now is you know you have to think outside the box and it's I think yeah, I think there's for every superstar who's maybe a little bit guarded. I'm sure there's a lot of lesser guys that would love to do something like this for the league because they they don't you know just get their uh, their toes wet and be so they themselves can become more of a, a you know a presence. I guess. Did Did you guys see what uh, Brennan Gallagher did on TikTok? Oh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. He had another video with Office, like that one from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, it was great. Was absolutely hilarious. Like it's so well done. Yeah. And then they did the office scene with Jim and or Jim impersonating Dwight, and he yeah. did both characters. And like, yeah. I, I'm not a I'm not a TikTok guy at all. I think it's kind of a dumb app, but <laughs> it, it's obviously blowing up. And I mean, 
you see players' personalities come there. And like, who knew Brendan Gallagher was a wicked lip syncer? Like, that's stuff that he's doing on his own. I mean, I'm not saying that, oh, why did the NHL not know this? But it's still like, I think the thing is, and you hit it kind of right on the head there, is players are kind of, like the risk versus reward of putting yourself out there is not near high enough. Like it's way more risk. And you look at all the criticism that goes at players or, I mean, Frick, look at like, I mean, Don Cherry is kind of a bad example because he just <laughs> lost his job over being outspoken. Yeah. But yeah. look at even like the way he looks at players in the past where like these like soft-spoken, like that good old Canadian kid and that hockey culture is so built around that of like that soft-spoken like good leader by example where they're not really allowed to show their personality and you know that like there's got to be some pretty big goofballs in those locker rooms anyone that's been in a sports locker room like knows that that just the way that like chemistry gels you're gonna have some wild funny stories and great personalities being right at the forefront and that's unfortunately just not happening with our league as far as a you know like outward to the fans perspective and maybe yeah. that's how the players want it. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's funny because it's like you think these guys are stoic and then you, they might get interviewed and they when they're done playing and then they'll tell an absolutely hilarious story and you're like, oh my God, this guy is such a personality. How did I not know? Like, how did I not know that Paul Correa was such a funny guy? Or right. how did I not know that like, you know, super intense Peter Forsberg would like break his sticks if he'd lose at ping pong in the locker room or something like, you know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> yeah. that, it's that type of stuff, but yeah, it's, you just, you're kind of, you don't know, but behind the scenes, there are obviously a lot of personalities that are just, but they just kind of keep it shot away. But I, I do think it's changing for the better. I mean, you can see between, you know, Austin Matthews with his mustache and William Nylander and, <laughs> and so Ke- Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Hayes. And yeah, there's a, it seems like the, you know, even Svechnikov with the, the lacrosse goal where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. there's still people that are like, oh, I, you know, that's disrespectful. I put, I'm like, what? Like, it's getting like, you know, it's not to the younger guys. That stuff isn't seen as showboating, you know? No. You know? And like, if I was a goalie, I'd be pissed off, but it's not disrespectful. Like, no. I'd be pissed off that you tried it on me. But yeah. And I, another example of that, like, you know, the personality coming through. Everyone knew Ovechkin was a little bit of a wild card. Did anyone know that he was that much of a party animal until he won the Stanley Cup and then just like, took the cup for himself for a summer it seemed like like well, that's another prime example of no one really knew to what extent and the personality he had yeah and i think it's At also he's drunk you know because it's one thing it's like he won but it's another that there was all these questions like well he's lazy and he's not willing to do what it takes to win and it's just all this other right crap and now it's like the second he won it was almost for him not just you know achieving his his lifetime goal it was also all those stupid questions and stuff you make at it about me is gone because you know granted i will say that series that was probably one of the best i'd never seen him play a more complete game he was you know back checking yeah. like, a, like a mother and he was just his his passing was amazing so yeah it's just it was just a lot of things so yeah but yeah just give these guys a chance to to show that and i'm sure they will that that sacrifice that he made to kind of show almost like shut all the haters up right and i think you know not to to play devil's advocate a little bit here. Yeah. You know how the NFL, like remember that when, I don't know if either of you guys are follow the NFL, but when Seattle was making their runs and then Marshawn Lynch had that thing that went viral of, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah. yeah I don't I want it, it to get to that level either where the NHL is, you know, looking at all their players of like, hey, you have to like forcing them to have interviews every day or anything like that. Yeah. Because I think that's not, there's just, it's more on the marketing side I think you've got to 
do a better job of promoting and putting your players in a position to succeed as far as marketing wise, not Man, forcing them. I, I'm sure even if the NHL, like without making it mandatory, just put up like, hey, we're going to have a, you know, NHL 20 five on five game that we're going to stream or whatever. I'm sure they could find 10 players that would volunteer to oh, be there, right? Easily. Like I think it would be easy. Yeah. yeah. And, and just taking the cap off, I think would just let it happen. I'm sure there's a lot of players for sure, like any other league that want to be reserved and just stay with their family and not be that. But I'm, I'm sure there's also a bunch that, want to stream video games or have a podcast or, or do whatever it is, right. To, to reach out to their fans. And, and yeah, like the fourth line players will build a following and become much more successful because of it. One of my favorite, um, not that I really watch video game streaming, but Lando Norris from the F1 mm-hmm. has been streaming a bunch because obviously the F1's done right now too. And his streams have been huge. They've been blowing up because it's, He's, he's racing on the real F1 tracks, racing against Max Verstappen's doing it too. And uh, like, as a fan, you can go in and race them and like talk to them on the chat and stuff. Like it's, it's cool. Like how cool is that for a fan? You can talk to your favorite driver or whatever, right? Yeah, that's yeah, it's awesome. It's just next level, right? If the NHL yeah. did that, it, it would be so exciting. Well, yeah. today, actually today, uh, the Shane, who I mentioned earlier, uh, he got selected by the NHL Network. I think it, I forget who it was, but he was he was actually he played uh, an NHL or on EASHL today. So it was uh, Coil. I think it was the guy's last Jam- name. Jameson a- Coil, not yeah, not not Charlie. Yeah, Coyle. yeah, not. I don't know if there's any. Re- I have no no idea if there's any relation between them, but uh, I had had that thought too. I'll have to Google that one after. I'm I'm curious if they uh, yeah. they're cousins or something like that. I. Um, no, I completely agree with you guys. And and with, I know, I think it was Caleb Jones and Seth Jones actually were, but I think they were playing like NBA 2K. Oh, he's not even a, doing he's not even thing. a player. Apparently he's a, he's a host. I thought he Who's was a player. Jamison Coyle. He's a, he hosts NHL tonight. Apparently. Right. Yeah. That was, yeah. Sorry. He was, uh, he's like, they're like analyst or whatever on, oh, on well, NHL network. I, so. I thought it was a player. I thought he's like, pro- he, I, I saw the name and I'm like, he's probably like a fourth liner on like Minnesota or something. <laughs> 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 that's a, that's honestly a fair assumption i didn't know who he was either yeah. like i had the only reason i knew he was an nhl network guy is because i had looked into it before so um but yeah no it's it's and a lot of like media are are doing that as far as whether it be like the, you look at the brackets even like that right and a lot in the streaming but for some reason the teams and, and the league isn't really jumping in on that but i do i know we're running low on time here i can't go the whole podcast without asking you a little bit about the Rangers. Sure, we, we unfortunately got sidetracked a little bit there. Yeah, so good. I'm just curious, like, where do you see, you know, in general, the direction? And, and the reason I wanted to ask you that is I, I thought the Rangers were a really exciting team this last year, obviously with uh, drafting Capocaco, but then you see a huge free agent acquisition in Panarin, which is very often risky to spend that amount of money. I mean, you look at what's happening in Florida with Bobrovsky this yeah. year. And Panarin just like fit like a glove in your team. I mean, I'll, I'll admit I didn't watch him a lot in Columbus. And I think I caught probably about four or five full Rangers games this year. And yeah. man, is that guy a good player? Like he, he, I knew he was good, but he blew me out of the water. I did not it, realize he was that good. Well, I'll say he's, for me, he's the best player I've seen in a Ranger sweater since uh, Yager in uh, the, when him and the checkmates put, you know, were terrorizing the league. But, Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, you know, I, and I, I don't want to sell Savannah yet short cause he's also been a revelation this season as well. And you know, the, sure. the numbers he was putting up despite missing time, he missed, I think he missed 
you know, a he didn't get the full season, and he also was out for a month with a concussion. Yet he still put up forty two goals. He was just a, he was literally the last month of the season he was on a tear. But um, yeah, I mean, best for, you know, for the Rangers history of uh, of paying for aging free agents and has never worked out for them in the past. So I, I was obviously uh, very gun shy, but just every time he's on the ice, something amazing happens. I mean, the person I, you know, looking back at it now, the personnel is absolutely perfect. You know, doesn't really speak too much English. I think he speaks more than he lets on, but it just doesn't seem to phase <laughs> him that he's in a big market. He just does his little high kick and he loves it. And I haven't seen him. Honestly, I don't know if I've, I've seen him maybe have two bad shifts all season and I'm, and I'm, I'm being serious. Like, two really egregious turnovers. I don't think he's had a bad game. He might have had a game where he's like, ah, he was just kind of okay. He tried to make, cre- he at least creates one insane chance a game. And yeah, it's just been a revelation for me to watch. And in, in terms of the Rangers, just in their, how they're progressing, I mean, you know, on the one hand, I think you look at Capo Caco, who had a rough rookie year, but I mean, you know, if you look at him, Jack Hughes and uh, Kirby Doc, one, two, and three, they, their stat lines at the end of the season were exactly the same. So all three of them, I guess you could argue struggled, but you know, I don't think prospect development is exactly linear. Like hopefully they'll, they'll each improve and get a little bit stronger and ready to go next year. But yeah, I mean, I like the path the Rangers are on. I think that I don't want fans to get to their hopes tied too high because you had two players that had absolutely unreal seasons uh their bottom six is uh still a a problem and needs to be addressed although you hope that another year of seasoning and maybe some free agent acquisitions will help that uh it's nice to see the emergence of uh tony d'angelo finally uh, and to you know i think by the end of the year he was fourth or fifth in defenseman scoring in the entire league and yeah it's just there's obviously a lot of bright spots and obviously the the big thing it's sad Henrik Lundqvist may have played his last game in a Ranger sweater and we don't even know it. it. Just We never really got to see how that's going to resolve itself. But um, yeah, there's a lot of unanswered questions, but there's unquestionably optimism about where this team is headed uh, in the next few seasons. So yeah, the, the momentum, forward momentum is real. So that's, that's a good thing. You guys definitely have in. some core pieces to build around. Sorry, Kyle. I just want to throw in one more piece too. Adam Fox is just oh my a beautiful God. defenseman as well. Like him and D'Angelo on the back end, dude, you guys are going to have a future there. I know he was in Calgary and then went, was that the Dougie Hamilton trade? Yeah. So to, to my knowledge, he gets drafted by Calgary. Uh, he, it becomes clear he's going to do four years of college. And I think he, he makes it not so secret that he's not going to be signing with Calgary once he gets out of right. school. school. Uh, they trade him his rights to Carolina. Uh, and I, I don't know if that was because he had indicated that, oh, it, I would, it was close enough to home, he would play with them. But I think as it became more real and he sees that New York is starting a rebuild and all of a sudden, you know, your McDonald's and your Stramas, your Girardis and your, most all still there. But all of a sudden it looks like he might have room to make that team in the immediate future out of college. Uh, I think he then... It also indicates to them that he wants to, he's going to test free agency. So they better get something for me while they can. So they, they, they decide they will. And yeah, the rest is history. I mean, he has been sneaky good. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate if you look at, he didn't get a lot of power play time early on. He's still only on the second unit, which is I think more about the fact that D'Angelo is an equally talented power play right. quarterback. Although right. I, I mean, I think in the future Fox could end up being better just because he's such a heady, more heady player. But, um, yeah, you just you look at the numbers and how close he was. He was kind of gaining that gap on McCarr and he, uh, Quinn Hughes, and not saying he would 
beat them or at least be, tie them, but he was close. He was seemed to be gaining ground as the coach. Right. And by the end of the year, that the pairing of him and Lindegren, our youngest pairing, was our best pairing. So go figure. I don't know if which is a good thing, but it's also kind of shows you where the Rangers defense is at right now in terms of on the defensive side of the puck. But, you know, they're... We, we've had a lot of years with Oscar Clefbaum as our, like, best <laughs> defenseman. And, I mean, he he's definitely earned that and is a very good defenseman yeah, now. Yeah. But there was a couple of years there, too, where it's like he'd like to have someone better than him as well. Obviously, So yeah. we, we feel you on that I mean, one. to give respect to Fox, too, he was eight points off McCarr. Like, that, he was close, man. He yeah. was yeah. definitely gaining. And, and, yeah. and look at power play t- TOI for both of them. And you're like, wow, what what if, right? Yeah, it's nuts that he does like it was it was so much the McCarr and Hughes show too. And I'd heard a little bit about Fox, but it's odd that you don't, you know, you you don't hear more about that as far as like national coverage, given how close he was. And like you mentioning with the power play time, but I did want to mention to you the the last thing here and then we're going to we're going to let you go. But the um, the other thing with you mentioning the prospect development isn't linear. I think it's odd or interesting because the last, say, even like five to 10 years, you've seen so many players come in so young. And even defensemen, like you look at Heiskanen and now the two young defensemen then in Colorado Vancouver, as well as forwards like Matthews and McDavid, McKinnon, making such big impacts when they were very young. And it almost made that like expectation where everyone's like, the league's trending younger, the league's trending younger. So I think when you move into the next drafts and you look at not this, not only this past one with Capocacco and and Jack Hughes, but Lafreniere and the drafts after that, there's so much more pressure on those guys because it's now it's more acceptable for young players to make a big impact. So therefore it's expected for them to more. And I think that's a really big thing, especially when you look at, you know, covering the being a Rangers fan, like not really getting discouraged where he's not, you know, a game breaker in his first season. And I think that's, you know, a, a key way of looking at that. I still think like, personally not trying to rip on Hughes but I would have been stoked if I was the Rangers as far as getting Capo I think I think he could very well be a a more impact player than than um Hughes will be yeah so you know seeing as that uh like I'm a big prospect guy so I do try to keep tabs on a lot of the rookies around the league and honestly Mm -hmm. if you had to have me bet on which one of Kako Hughes or Doc is going to be the best. I still honestly couldn't tell you. I mean, I would like it to be Kako for my own fortunes, but honestly, they're every all three of their skill sets are so different that it's kind of hard to, you know, obviously uh, Doc being, uh, and you know, Doc and Hughes being able to play center mm-hmm. uh, would might give them the edge in that department. But at the same time, it's like Kako has flashed so much brilliance to me this year, even though he's struggled at times. But you see his ability to, he just, he, you know, just those, those special players, they just, they can score in ways that other players just can't. And mm-hmm. Kako has scored most of his goals just right in front of the net with hands. And it's just like, you can almost see his, like, he's never going to be this guy who's going to, you know, streak down the wing and then like put one rifle, one far corner. But at the same time, it's like, he's so big and he's still a beanpole. He's only, you know, 18 years old. And I, you know, he's going to be 19, uh, probably sometime next year, but, um, yeah, he just, he's, even now he's giving, you know, grown men fits in the corner and like where in or the beginning of the season, he kept falling down. He was having trouble staying on his skates. You saw him, he would anchor his feet cause he's used to having extra time and space to pivot and give himself options. But I think he's in the last few months of the season, it looked like he figured out, I need to stay on my toes more. He was getting to the front of the net more and just, he has sweet hands. So he's just got soft mitts so he can stash it in. He can, uh, yeah, he's. 
he's he's and I think he's his defensive game has gotten a lot better you know even though he still needs to work on it but it's first year in the league it's just but yeah, yeah I think every 18 year old does yeah yeah exactly so it's like I I'm not worried about him one bit like yes I think he does need to get uh, his first step needs to get better but yeah I think like Barkov and Ranton and all these players before him uh, Finnish players like you know they they seem to need to their their rookie years were underwhelming and then they it took them a little bit more marination time to adjust but when they did you know now you have you know rant to barkov op, you know po- possibly a top 5 player in the league you know uh, and then ranton and who maybe he had a rough year this year but you know had a monster season last year you know so yeah yeah so and, and, and is likely a top to 15 20 sorry yeah, it's not always a bad thing struggling to compete, right? Especially in your rookie season. It just shows where you have to be at and like yeah. where you have to work at in the off season to get your game. But uh, and I think you can see the like, you know, you mentioning that piece of him going to the net and battling in the corners. Like it's it's about piecing your game together a little bit because it's such a huge jump up when you go into the NHL as, a, as an 18-year-old. But you know that eventually, if he keeps working at that and putting these pieces together, that um, he'll he'll be able to you know, it'll all click and then you're going to have a potential game breaker there. But um, we did, we, I know we went long here, Andy. So <laughs> no we are, uh, we are going to let you go, but um, thank you very much for joining us, Ron. And I know Kyle had mentioned in our last episode, but I'm having some computer issues. So unable to edit. So thank you very much to you as well for, for editing this episode and kind of producing it for us. And uh, yeah, we, we definitely hope you and your, uh, your loved ones are staying safe in New York as well. Well, thank you for having me on, guys. I really do uh, appreciate your well wishes. I hope you guys and all of uh, everyone close to you is staying safe as well. And yeah, I had a blast talking to you. So we'll have to do this again in the future. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Likewise. And uh, yeah, that'll wrap up another episode, everybody. We will, anyone that hasn't noticed, um, we have dropped to just Monday. So no episode coming out this Thursday, but we will talk to you again next Monday. Have a great week, everybody.